Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized, so if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode, and then you will see it says support this podcast, and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link, and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. Hi, friends, and welcome. I am so glad you're here. This is episode 63.1. Five of the Weight Loss and Wellness for Real podcast, and it is 63.5 because um, most podcasters, me included, we record our episodes way, 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 way in advance, and so I already had episode 63 and episode 64. They've been pre-recorded for a long time, scheduled to come out, and in those episodes, I always say the episode number, so I can't go back and re-record all that, and so... I really wanted to insert this episode. I wanted to do an episode about giving, which is what this is about. I'm sure you read the title um, right now because we are in, we are a couple weeks out from Christmas. We are in the middle of December and this really is the season of giving. And so I wanted this episode to come out now. So I had to make it episode 63.5. So that's why it is 63.5. And I really wanted to do this podcast because it is the season of giving and receiving. And so I was just feeling inspired to talk about how the act of giving really can translate in to reduce depressive symptoms, reduced anxious symptoms. And many of us, um, if any of you received my newsletter, you know I was talking about it this month in the newsletter, experience depressive and anxious symptoms that are heightened during this time of year. So, you know, the act of giving, like I said, can reduce depressive symptoms, anxious symptoms, and because this podcast is about weight loss, it can even lead to weight loss. So, I want to discuss, I'm going to discuss a little research behind this, you know, why it works so well for reducing depressive, anxious symptoms, as well as how it folds into weight loss. And again, um, 
It might be a little superficial here. I like the deeper sense of how it reduces anxious depressive symptoms, active giving. But because this podcast is about weight loss, I'm trying to stay true to that. So we are going to talk about how it can reduce weight because it can. And then I'm going to get into specifically the types of giving that can work for all of this. You know, I was thinking about a quote by Aristotle, and he once said that the essence of life is to serve others and do good. Now, you may or may not agree with that. doesn't matter. It's okay. Simply the act of giving does give us and everyone else around us so many, many benefits. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Before we get started, as always, if you listen to me, you know the routine. You can get more information for how I work with clients, things that I offer over at my website, heatherheinen.com, H-E-Y-N-E-N. Um, I also offer some discount codes for different products over there. You can get to my beauty counter link. If you're into using clean beauty products and makeup, you can go over there, shop from my link, and you will get an automatic discount applied to your shopping cart um, and many other things over there as well. You can also take a listen to my other podcast called Flexible Fasting with Heather Heinen. You can just search it anywhere you listen to podcasts and you will find it, Uh, although you can listen from my website as well. Okay, so let's get into a little bit more of this giving thing. And for some of you, maybe it sounds a little far-reaching, but let me offer some of the research we do. We actually have tons of research on this, but let me give you just a few studies to help you understand this really is a thing. So a 2006 study by the National Institute of Health found that when people give to charities, it activates regions of the brain associated with pleasure, social connection, and trust, creating released endorphins, creating a feel-good effect in the people who gave. A 2008 study by Harvard, a Harvard researcher found that giving money to someone else lifted participants' happiness more than spending it on themselves, even though before giving, before the giving, the participants predicted that spending it on themselves would make them feel happier. Nope. Giving it to others actually raised their happiness scores even higher. Another study out of the University of California found the same results when they asked participants to perform five acts of kindness each week. So giving has been been shown in other studies to increase uh, physical health benefits, um, people with chronic illness, including HIV and multiple sclerosis. This was a study done at Stony Rock University by Stephen Post, who was the professor of preventative medicine. Another study showed that individuals who provided practical help to friends, relatives, or neighbors who gave emotional support to their spouses had a lower risk of dying over a five-year period than those who didn't. And also within the study, this was just interesting, it was noted that those who received help, so the people who were receiving help, did not have a link to that reduced uh, death. So anyway, just interesting stuff. And that is just a drop in the bucket. There are so many research studies out there showing that giving really does create all these positive things for us. Um, you know, giving could also just simply create more health and longevity because when we give to others, we create this sense of trust between two humans, which leads to the perceptions, um, we we perceive others more positively and this fosters sort of 
this uh, heightened sense of interdependence, of cooperation in our social community. And, and many of us have heard how longevity and health is improved if we also if we have this sense of community, of social connection. And um, by the way, side note, not, not necessarily the digital kind, although this can also be helpful and beneficial. Um, just, I think it's important to note here that digital connection does not exactly do the same things for us in our brain, in our, the neurotransmitters, um, the neurochemicals, sorry, that are released. Um, and so although there are some positive effects, effects of connecting digitally, it does not do the same thing as if we are connecting, connecting outside the digital world. So just something, um, for you to note there, but what I would counter to this not the digital stuff, the the stuff I was talking about before where, you know, this volunteering um, or this giving to others leads us to this sense of connection to others. You know, I would just say that I, I would counter that a little bit because, and yes, I believe it's true, but Actually, we see if you if you go into the studies behind this, we see the same effect when giving or volunteering is done to non-humans, meaning we know that those who volunteer or donate to places like animal shelters, um, you know, or to the environment. So this would be not so human to human uh, giving, but human to animal or, or human towards the environment. They also experience these same benefits. And my guess is giving is even more about a sense of connection, but that connection can be felt through animals, through nature as well. So this would lead, this leads me to just sort of think that giving and the benefits we experience from it are more about purpose. So that sense of purpose and, oh, that is just so huge when it comes to our psychological health, when it comes to our mental, emotional, spiritual, and our physical well-being. And at some point, got to do another episode on just purpose and meaning because um, we really do know how powerful those two things are in our life for a sense of well-being on all four parts, you know, all four parts, meaning mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. So giving improves physical health and longevity. It could be due uh, simply because it reduces stress in general and chronic stress, as we know, is associated with so many health problems, including an inability to lose weight. And to tie it into weight loss even more, higher levels of chronic stress we know creates more weight on people. Okay, so we know that giving has huge mental health benefits and in fact, when I'm experiencing depressive symptoms, which happens at different times throughout the year or things going on in my life, or I have clients who are experiencing depressive or anxious symptoms, it is one of the things I suggest is to volunteer to give because it does lessen the intensity and duration of depressive and anxious symptoms. It, it wards off loneliness, those depressive, um, just, you know, the, the intense feelings of depression with, the, and by the way, I am I am talking about people who are experiencing depressive symptoms, meaning mild depression, right? I am not talking about clinical depression uh, clients, or you know, if you're experiencing clinical depression, or if you know someone who is clinically depressed, this is why I want to say this because often I hear people say things, and a lot of times this comes from parents 
it's talking about their kiddos, but you know, my kid is so depressed. We know that, and he or she, you know, they just need to get out and go for a walk and they just need to eat right. And you know, if we could, they just need to go volunteer. And I don't know why they won't do these things. And this isn't just kids, by the way, this is adults with clinical depression as well. If you've ever experienced true clinical depression, not, not depressive symptoms, not, but true clinical depression where all the criteria in the DSM-5 is met, there is no ability to go out and volunteer or to go for a walk or to eat right necessarily. And so trying to get someone you know who is clinically depressed or a child who is clinically depressed to do these things, yes, we know that would help with the depression, but what I'm saying, and this is me as a therapist coming out because this is the kind of stuff that just hurts my heart. These people who are clinically depressed, they do not have the energy the the anything to get up and do these things that would help their depression. So really someone who's clinically depressed, we have to work with them in, in different ways to help them get to a place where their symptoms are more mild, more mild so they can go do the walks, the eating right, the volunteering, the other things we know that helps lift that depression even more. But when they are clinically in that space of clinical depression, that is not happening. So if you know anyone in that space or you have a kiddo in that space, really, really refrain from telling them they need to be doing this or they need to be doing that or why can't they just do this till it does not work. They do not have that ability. Okay, total tangent there, sorry. Back to what we were talking about. I wanted to give a quote by Norman Vincent Peale. He once said, when you become detached mentally from yourself, and concentrate on helping other people with their difficulties, you will be able to cope with your own more effectively. Somehow the act of giving is a personal power releasing factor. And I love that. The act of giving is a personal power releasing factor. And it is so true. And now we also know that there are many physical benefits as well. So We've got studies, you know, it lowers blood pressure. It can help with chronic disease. Um, it improves longevity. But, but how does it affect weight loss? And does it? And it does. Often when we are trying to lose weight, we experience overweightness due to eating too much. And this, is, this most often stems from emotional eating. So basically eating when we're not hungry and or not stopping at enough, not going beyond or going beyond satiety signals, right? So, um, and, and this again could be from negative feelings or it could be from positive feelings. So negative feelings, often we're experiencing negative feelings. We've got a lot of tension in our body. We use food to release that in the moment. We use food to try to shift out of those feelings. And it does work momentarily, but then often, well, does backfire in the end. But also remember, emotional eating is also eating from positive feelings. So, you know, you're celebrating, you're feeling good, and you're just like, oh yeah, you know, let's eat the cake or whatever it is, even when you're not hungry. And I have another episode. I don't remember if it's already one I had or if it's coming up, but it's it's all about this how I, and i'm not saying emotional eating needs to be completely shut down i'm just saying that 
understanding emotional eating is eating anytime positive or negative feelings are present and we're not we're not hungry but often what happens is we do this too much right and and so we're overeating too often we're not stopping at enough often enough and uh when we are giving out of true altruism, we will experience a sense of purpose, more happiness, more connection. And when we feel these things, then our behavior is motored to be more in a mode, if you will, of not needing the food to shift or change our emotions. We, we are much more in a mental and emotional space of feeling willing to make the changes necessary to lose our weight, but not only that, when we feel a sense of purpose, more happiness, more connection, we often think less about food and thinking less about food means we don't feel the feelings that often motor our behavior to overeating. Remember, thought, feelings, which also have those little chemical cocktails attached to them, those sensations through our body, then equals behavior, right? We have the thought, it creates the feeling, the sensations through our body, and that motors our behavior. So when we give, we have thoughts of things like, you know, things like, I did a good job here. I am connected to these people. I am proud of myself. She really appreciated that. Many of, you know, thoughts like that, like this, then create the feelings of connection, purpose, happy, and the sensations in our body, right, um, created by the oxytocin and other neurotransmitters, uh, neurochemicals that are released when we are giving, motor our behavior to seek food and alcohol less as we are experiencing feelings and sensations that motor our behavior towards deeper life pursuits, interests in our life, it's, you know, all those kinds of things. So if you are more focused on other life moments that bring good feelings, you are not as focused on food to bring you these good feelings. And once you're in that space, it is so much easier to work on overeating habits, using food for emotional support, all the things that might be going on that contribute to weight gain or lack of weight loss. It just takes in these moments so much less energy and work. And well, wait, it still takes the actual work to break the habits, but it doesn't take as much of our energy to do the work. You know, we do the work, but it feels easier, if that makes sense. We, we create a situation for ourselves where the work to change our habits feels so much more doable. And that really is how giving can create weight loss and beyond that, weight, so many more benefits in our mental, emotional, and spiritual lives. And remember that quote, you know, the, the one before that the act of giving is a personal power releasing factor. That is what we're talking about here. You feel more empowered when you give to make your own changes. So you feel, you feel more empowered to make your own changes when you give. And that is also how it helps us make those changes around our health habits so much easier to engage in. Okay, let's talk about types of giving. So obviously, obviously financial money, and, and that can work, you know, donating money, giving money to charity can work. 
But even more than that, to create all like a bit more deepness, if you will, around all these effects would be volunteering. So, and, and that would entail giving energy and giving effort. So when we give our energy and effort, volunteering, which really is our time, um, that can create even deeper effects here. So uh, just, you know, my daughter and I, we volunteered at the local animal shelter for a few years now. And that giving of time is so special. And speaking of, the more you can get your kiddos to volunteer and experience giving, the more you are going to find them more well-adjusted, more emotionally healthy because of all the previous reasons we discussed. But the best part about getting your kids doing this is that it becomes so much more easier for them to continue doing it into their future, which also allows them to be well-adjusted into adulthood. It's kind of like we, we set up our kids now for those patterns and habits, right? And so when we have them doing volunteer work, um, and this doesn't have to be that often. Once a month, we'll do it. Once every other month, we'll do it. But just getting them, because they have the same benefits we do from giving, that positivity in their emotional, mental and physical health. And so that continues to drive their behavior, right? Because they're rewarded in a way, in a positive way for doing those things. Their brain knows that their brain gets into that habit of that and seeks it out more. So they tend to do it into adulthood, which is just a wonderful way to set our kids up to be well-adjusted kiddos and well-adjusted adults. Okay. So that was volunteering. Another one, social support, and this would be considered service, right? So giving, so serving others, um, just calling someone in need and listening to them. So just being that listening ear or inviting others to your home or out to coffee, even these things are a type of volunteering of your time, if you will. It's serving others. It's doing for others. Um, other ones I love are write a text to a loved one or a letter to a loved one, your child, your spouse, your parent, your sibling, your friend, about what you love about them. Write to someone to encourage them. Pick up the phone and call and say, I'm just calling to check in on you. What's been going on in your life? Like putting the focus on them. You make it very clear. I'm here just to listen to you. These things absolutely count as giving. They offer the same exact benefits as all of our other types of giving offer. So when when I offer the suggestion of volunteering um, to someone maybe I'm working with and, and someone tells me that I have absolutely no time for this in my lives, my life, I, I don't have any extra money to give. I absolutely honor that. I have been there many, many times in my life where any extra money, um, you know, is lacking and or extra time is lacking. And these are real and true issues when it comes to giving. But then I will talk to them about the letter writing, the text sending, the phone call to check in. These things take zero money, barely any time, and they are still giving and produce all the benefits we are looking for. So no excuses here anymore. You can give. So just to conclude, whether you are giving gifts this season, and remember, those of you who signed up for my newsletter this past month, you you will know from reading that newsletter, you do not have to, we, we talked about how to produce more joy in the holidays. You don't have to buy gifts 
um, to give gifts, right? You can give homemade gifts. Again, your written word to others in a Christmas card, expressing what you're, what you enjoy about them, what you're grateful to them for. Um, volunteer your time or donate money to charity. Offer your home and a meal to someone who is alone this holiday season. Offer emotional support via a listening ear. Any giving is is more. I hope you are feeling more than just that end of the year or holiday season that is often on our to-do list. It is a way to sort of jumpstart, um, jumpstart a domino effect of generosity throughout each of our communities and can create so much more joy and happiness for yourself in the process. And although I want to end it there, um, because this is supposed to be about weight loss, let me just add that we now also understand how creating more joy and happiness and purpose for ourselves does lead to weight loss if that is your goal. But beyond that, there are so many more deeper and richer benefits that it will bring to not only your life, but other people's lives as well. I appreciate you listening. I hope you found something useful. I hope you would consider giving in some way that I suggested this, not only this holiday season, but making it something that maybe you think about doing every month. Um, even more than that is great, but you know, often I, I know the reality of people's lives and, um, once a month is a really doable way, I believe for many of us to give, if even it is, um, one text to a loved one about all the things we love about them or we're grateful to them. Remember that is still a way of giving. Anyway, I hope you'll try something. I hope you'll pass this message along. And if you found anything helpful, would you please share it with someone else you think may benefit? Share it on social media. Um, All those things really do help me keep this podcast going. Okay, I appreciate you being here and sharing this time with me. Happy holidays, and we will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services.